0: Welcome to episode five of And What Else, the podcast with me, Wendy O'Byrne, also known as the completion coach. And the last episode, we were talking about authenticity, understanding our language, understanding how we present, understanding where we may be blurred, where we may not have understood where the blurred lines are between who we are, who we are online, who we are in our business, and how the personal brand. Trying to create and curate content might be causing burnout. And we're going to talk a little bit more this episode about emotional authenticity, which is another layer of authenticity. So we've already looked at working out our values, who we've been, what we value now, where we want to cultivate, grow ourselves, take ourselves, and How we can be honest with ourselves about what that is, how we can understand how those values are being worked externally, how we use those values to gauge other people, how we're using those values internally and the way that we're operating with them within ourselves, and how we can be more bounded in what we want to share and how we want to share it to ensure that we're not just creating burnout in a really sneaky way. And I say this because the majority of clients that I work with, are people that have overachieving in their bloodstream. It's something they've always done, is to overachieve, to strive to overachieve, and overachieving has kept them safe on an emotional basis. So when I talk about overachievers who feel like underachievers, it's not because they're not getting fulfilled necessarily by what they're doing, it's because they feel like an underachiever in different areas of their life on the whole they might be CEOs, leaders, high profiles. But deep down, there will be a feeling of inauthenticity due to the fact that they feel inadequate in some way on a human level, not just in their role. So they can feel like they're behind in life, they can feel like they're not great at communicating, they can feel unworthy of their success. I talk about accidental leaders. And that's people who have A deep down inner desire to overachieve, to overdo, to do things for other people, to go the extra mile, to do all of these things in an attempt to feel safe, in an attempt to feel worthy, in an attempt to feel like they have value. And what that's got them is to the top of ladders. It's got them into positions where they now perhaps feel like they're an accidental manager, an accidental leader, an accidental business owner. Because what has happened as a result of their striving to work hard is they've achieved success, but actually it wasn't what they were aiming for. They were constantly just aiming for something to help them feel better. And now they might be in leadership. And that's quite shocking for some of them because they realize they don't really have the people skills, the communication skills, the delegation skills. Because they're so used to over giving, overachieving and overworking themselves. I did a post over the bank holiday weekend about the fact if you are somebody consumed by work, find it difficult to switch off, are thinking about work when you're off, all of these bleed into that burnout part because it's not because you're obsessed necessarily. It's not because you don't value a personal life. It's not because you are a bad person. It is because to a certain degree, work helps you to soothe because by being busy, by having a solid diary, by overachieving and overgiving and getting things done, there's a feeling again as I say of worthiness, of value and you haven't necessarily noticed that that was soothing you in some way, soothing you emotionally and helped to mask the way that you feel about yourself in different areas in different ways. People aren't going out of their way on the whole to be obsessive about work. They don't necessarily understand what drives them. And once we're able to peel that back and look at why they are where they are, meeting themselves where they are, understanding what got them there, and now what are the barriers that they are there to feeling authentic again, to feeling right about themselves. Because once we've established the values and the honesty and people are being who they say they're being, it doesn't necessarily feel right still. It can still feel like they're putting up a front because their internal and emotional systems haven't necessarily caught up with the external, factual, logical systems. And so their inauthenticity can feel quite illogical because maybe by now they are who they say they are. They are capable of what they say they're capable of. They are talking and being in a way that is true to them now. But their emotions might not have caught up with that. And so there might be an internal conflict between what they're saying and what they're doing and what they're feeling. Doesn't have to be all three. They could be saying and doing one thing and feeling another way. You could be feeling and doing one way and very differently in another way, unable to talk about it. So understanding there are layers to this topic. We are complex human beings. What's right for one isn't right for all. And understanding ourselves is a process. And again, because we like things on demand, especially if you are an overworker, an overachiever, somebody that gets things done, you want to almost have found the problem and moved on. You don't want to be in it and to stay in it. And the messy middle is where it's at. And the messy middle is where you have worked really hard to avoid at all costs. So understanding our emotional authenticity. Can often be a little bit different than the external, than the doing, the thinking, the saying, the being. Even if we're being it, we still might feel a little bit different internally. And that takes work. It takes us not just going ahead and doing things and being brave, but it also takes us managing the impact on our nervous system to recognize that even though we know we can do it, it's aligned with our values, it's in integrity with who we are now it is authentic, there might be a part of you that is still feeling emotionally like, oh, is that true? Is that true? And dealing with that, dealing with that layer of emotional authenticity, that's just as important. That's just as important, but often gets left out. Because you may be truly who you are, and still feeling some feelings inside. And, you know, quite a lot of people talk about coming into self-development because they hit their rock bottom. For the majority of clients that I work with, you would never, ever know they had problems. The external world might look very successful for them. They might be achieving all sorts of things that other people are like, ah, I'd love to do that. That's amazing. I wish I had your problems. But what they won't know is internally that person is not necessarily at rock bottom by any stretch of the imagination. But what they are is they're holding lots of rocks. (laughs) There, There are lots of things in there that they're not quite sure why there's conflict, but there is conflict internally and externally. And it's very difficult for them to even articulate what that is or why it's there. They just know something feels off. And it's really easy for those people to never do the work, as it's referred to. It's really easy for those people to never have to go and assess anything because they're ticking the external boxes. And as a society, as a culture, as whatever you like to view it as, when we see the external tick boxes, we're quite happy that we can move on. If they've got a certain profile, if they've got a certain income, if they drive a certain car, they've hit a certain relationship status, we tend to think they're all right, they're doing all right. And we might be in comparison to those people. And those people can often be problem solvers. They can be people that help other people with a lot of things. And so it's not that they're being inauthentic with you or themselves, but it is to the degree that they don't quite know why this doesn't match up emotionally and where that gap has come from. Working out that layer is a deep key to not just avoiding the burnout. Because you can stop using sneaky ways to overachieve in authenticity and self-development. It's also being able to boundary yourself as well and not feel like you have to overgive and overshare to have a right to be anywhere. It's knowing what remains true and honest and valuable, how it filters through your values, how it filters through what your desires and objectives are, who you are as a person, what you share and don't share you can still come into that to ensure that you don't get to the point of burnout. So whenever I'm working with clients and we're looking at who they are and mapping out how they've got to where they are, meeting themselves where they are, we're not just looking at what they've done and what they're capable of and or what the externals look like. We're also digging in to see what that feels like, how that sits with them, What the internal authenticity feels like compared to the external. And understanding that there might be some gaps there. There might be discrepancies. And that doesn't mean that they're bad, that they're misleading people, that they are wrong in any way. It just means that they haven't particularly worked on this aspect to work out what that is. And so what happens with a lot of people who don't understand the truth of who they are and what they want to do, in how that's represented to different people in different ways about them is they fall into comparison traps they fall into doing what other people are doing and they fall into once again presenting without really knowing that they're doing it it's really easy to slide back into it and for it to look authentic and to then feel authentic because that's what you've always done so it feels right even though it's not necessarily true anymore And that's where it can get really confusing, even if you're somebody that goes and meets an old friendship group and slides into old ways quite quickly. If you're even in new friendship groups or peer groups or companies, and you start to adjust to the people around you again, it's not because you're inauthentic. It's because in those moments, you have lost or blurred yourself a little bit emotionally. And so these old characteristics and ways of being are coming back out, and they might feel quite soothing. They might feel like, oh, this is who I am, because it was who you were. (laughs) And again, it's not that it's false, it's that you're blurred, and blurring between the characters of old, even, or going into old responses. And just taking a moment to recognize when this is coming up, and You know, when you're becoming who you think you need to be, oh, bear with me here. But when we're becoming who we think we need to be, it can work in two ways, right? It can work in the way that that's exactly what we need to expand and grow. And perhaps we have to go into some boldness or to some courage or to some vulnerability that we've never done before. And so that's a really good way of looking at, you know, we're having to be in ways of how we want to be. But then it can also happen when we think we need to behave a certain way to be accepted, to be right, to be in tone with what's happening around us, with who we're sitting with, with, you know, those characters sliding in and it feeling a little bit like home. So just understanding that authenticity, like everything else with human beings, is complex, it's layered, it will have an internal and an external story, they don't necessarily match up, And recognizing that people who feel inauthentic aren't necessarily being inauthentic. They just have that internal situation going on that they've never looked at. Which is why people who have the externals, who can present, who can show up, who can take action, who can do all of these things and perhaps be in overachieving aren't necessarily looking at the personal development aspect because they've looked at the professional development aspect. And some people have got stuck in the personal development aspect and aren't looking at the professional development. It's a lot. It's a lot. And, you know, just because we're good at something, the thing that we are good at may have got us to a leadership position, may have got us really visible, may have created a company because we're really passionate about something and want to do it. And that's from an authentic place, and it's in line with values, everything's right, we're ticking boxes, but in reality, where it's got us, the position that we're in, isn't necessarily something that's then right for us emotionally. Emotional intelligence, communication, delegation, stepping into an authoritative role might feel really inauthentic, and for some it will be. And it would be that they're better off suited in a role that isn't a management leadership role. And other people are really suited to it that perhaps don't have the process or the ability to overachieve in the things that perhaps got the other person promoted. Oh, I mean, we're going in some different tangents with this, but what I really want you to sit with is when I've done the work, when I've dug into my values to my honesty, to what I agree with, how well I know myself, how I'm showing up, what I'm doing, who I'm being. How's that all feeling? How does that sit with me? Where is it difficult? Where do I feel like that takes a lot out of me to be that authentic? And part of it will be for some people because it's new, because they've always fallen into character before, because they've always complied before, because they want to be nice, because they want to be non-problematic. But in other ways, it's because emotionally they might not have caught up. And so the work might need to be done in that way. It might be something that they need to really sit with and look at where that comes from and what would support the emotional growth to allow their authenticity to feel authentic. Not just in how it looks, not just in how it sounds, but in how it feels. And quite often, There are people working on one or two of those areas, but infrequently, are they working on all three? And all three is what will allow that to integrate, for it to feel different and for it to grow, for it to expand and for it to allow them to start to not only achieve what they want to achieve externally, be and sound more like them, but also to feel like this is right and I can match up and catch up to my logical expression now with these illogical thoughts and feelings that I've been having in the background. You know, we hear about the inner critic. We hear about self sabotage. We talk about imposter syndrome and imposter syndrome can often be the feeling of being fraudulent. Some people feel it because they. Lie. (laughs) Sorry about that. But they might be saying that they're further along than they are. They might be presenting that they've done something that they haven't truly done, but they want to look a certain way. But other times it can be simply because I have done these things. I am this capable. This is what I'm about. But I still feel quite low in my self worth, my value, my ability to accept that that's my worth, my value, who I am. And so that needs to be worked on for them to enjoy it, not for them to do it because they can do it, they can do it really well, but for them to enjoy it and to feel better and to come out of comparison traps and to come out of looking at what everybody else is doing and following the leader, following somebody else's leadership rather than finding out what theirs is. And by leadership, yes, I am talking about in business sense, if you are a leader of any team, of your own business, of a structure, an organization, it's really important that you're doing it from a place that's right for you rather than this is what everybody else does or this is how it's always been done so I can only do it the way it's always been done. But to start exploring what needs to change for it to be a leadership role or position that you can embody, but also within our lives. Personal leadership within our lives Because otherwise we are carried away by what everybody else is doing and thinking that's what I should be doing and following everybody else, but never actually looking inside to go, is this what I want? Why do I want it? Why do I think I should be this way? Why do I think that makes them look solid in self-leadership? Whereas I don't trust myself. And let's sit with that sentence for a minute. I don't trust myself. And the biggest cause of inauthenticity i often find comes down to that i don't trust myself even if it looks like i do even if it sounds like i do even if these external factors make it appear like i do i don't and that's what's causing this dysregulation this feeling this big gap in what i think and feel is authentic and what's stopping me from moving forwards what's stopping me from looking at where I am truly and what's stopping me from owning the way that I want to do it even if nobody else does it this way even if I've always done it this way they've always done it this way it's always been this way (laughs) you know all of the things that I hear and that can be by industry by company by the leaders that went before us by guidelines by regulation by compliance there can be so many things that we know we want to change, but we don't for the fear of changing or for the fear of stepping into what that leadership of ourselves would look like in an authentic manner. I'm going to leave this one here because I've probably swelled some thoughts and feelings and some things here. Again, as always, send me messages, DM me, talk to me. I will build on this from episode to episode, but authenticity is more than just that exercise of the values of knowing internally, externally, how they're showing up, what they mean, what they mean to me, what the expression of it looks like, how this is going to translate in my life, what that means about what I do personally, professionally, or any other way. It's also about how am I going to trust myself with this and create some safety in my feelings around this. And if there is a gap, between my emotional intelligence around this, my feelings around this. What am I prepared to do to work on that? And what would it take for me to do that rather than me overgive, over-review, over-research, you know, all of the things that we tend to do getting stuck in one area? We always tend to work on the things we're comfortable with first, and the things we're most uncomfortable with, we will avoid at all costs. And that for most people, I find is their emotions, is the emotional body of what's illogical about them, because they presume because it's so illogical, because it doesn't match up with the external, it doesn't match up with what they have, it doesn't match up with what they think, they think it doesn't match up with what they believe. But what we believe logically and what we believe emotionally are often two different things, and we can bridge that gap. So I'm going to end this here. Thank you for listening. As always, if you want to leave us a review, if you want to get in touch, if you want to give feedback, please do. And I look forward to talking to you more next week in episode six, when we'll build on this further.